0: Than
1: I'm, than that now. I'm Mark Middleton along with Bill Schaefer and this is Growing Boulder and folks what you're about to hear are national celebrities, exceptional musicians, renowned health experts and regular folks just like you and me who have done something remarkable with their lives. And after listening to them, we think you'll believe that you can do it too. No matter how young or old you are, that's what Growing Bolder is all about. We're about to find out how the grandson of the legendary oceanographer Jacques Cousteau is keeping his grandfather's legacy alive. Yeah, that's part of it. And we're also going to learn that saving
2: money can be a lot more interesting than you ever thought possible from the creator of Suddenly Frugal, as we like to say this is growing bolder. I got me a Oh, yeah, the unmistakable sound of one of the greatest party bands of all time. They are the B-52s, one of the most entertaining, personable, and real bands ever. And you have to wonder, did they know they were destined to be such a success? Did they always have a blast in life? And, okay, so you make it. Well, then what do you do with yourself?
1: Well, we are about to learn, Bill, that even celebrities do have their growing bolder moments. We're fortunate now to be able to visit with the singer, the songwriter, the frontman of the group. You've also heard him play Cowboy oh. and Glockenspiel. You've heard his voice in the Rugrats movie and singing the theme to Rocco's Modern Life. He is a poet, has appeared in films, even hosted his own radio show. Folks, please welcome the irrepressible, undeniable, indefatigable Fred Schneider. Hey, Fred. Hey, how's it going? Man, are you all of that? (laughs) Uh, And then some. I play
3: cowbell, not cowboy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, First of all, happy birthday. Do you talk about your age, or do you feel the need to be the eternal party band host who never ages? Well,
3: I never age, but I'm 61.
1: Happy birthday.
3: Thanks. Well, you know, I can't get away from it since CNN announces it on (laughs) on TV, so... (laughs)
2: But you know Fred, it's one of those deals when people look and they go Fred Schneider, he's 61, man the guy seems like he's 30. You have found the secret of being able to ignore that. Everybody wants to, but you I mean you're really a great example there. Man, I want to be like that guy. Well then uh, become a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, no joke either. So many and people And party, you know,
3: <laughs> party be a party vegetarian. <laughs>
2: Hey, you know, when someone is successful as you've been, it's easy to think. Well, of course, he's a star. He's Fred Schneider. But even as your late twenties, I mean, it isn't like even your mom's friends were coming up to congratulate her about you.
3: No, no, um, they were, they were still like, oh, so Freddie dropped out of college. Um, well, it wasn't that easy in the beginning. We just did our own thing. And we didn't we didn't want to change or uh, do what other what people wanted us to do or try to be pop fodder on the radio or anything, because we knew we couldn't, and then we just did our own thing.
1: And did you have a sense of uh, of what might become Fred? You know, lots of times you talk to people, and they say, you know, I don't really know how or why, but I knew there was something out there for me. It gave me the ability to, to not worry about being nothing, about not fulfilling expectations. Did you know that someday you'd be who you are now?
3: No, uh, none of us did. Um, I mean, I never played an instrument. I just wrote And hung out in Athens. I mean, I dropped out of college, but I didn't have any plan, you know, which is not a great idea. But I could, back then, you could do that, sort of.
2: And it's what makes your story great, and I think it's what makes it resonate to so many people who feel like, well, shoot, you know, I I wasn't born with a silver spoon. Maybe that ship has sailed for me. And and really, you you had no idea that you were destined for for such celebrity because in the manual that that, that we've all read on how to be a rock star, they don't necessarily recommend getting a job as a janitor or being a driver. That's
3: That's true. That's what I became right after I uh, dropped out of
2: college for three days. Yeah so so that's not exactly the blueprint or or being a driver for Meals on Wheels either, right?
3: Well, that was actually one of my best jobs. Well, my best job was when I became Meal Delivery Coordinator. <laughs> um I went from being the the yeah, the driver for um elderly people, which was great, and then I became the coordinator for the whole county for Meals on Wheels. Wow. But meanwhile, I was doing just having fun with uh the rest of the group doing uh the band and that took off. And um, we just jumped into it uh, back in the punk days.
1: You guys obviously, Fred, have a great body of work. Um, far from a one-hit wonder. But that said, Love Shack is so iconic that it seems to dwarf most of the other commercial stuff that you've done. Did, did you know when you first recorded Love Shack that uh, we would still be you know, snapping our fingers and dancing to it today?
3: Well, we, we thought it was the most, I guess, accessible thing we'd ever done. But uh, the record company didn't get it, and radio, uh, major radio wouldn't touch it because they thought it was too weird. But uh, independent and college radio played us, and uh, once it it went to the top of their charts, uh, a few stations started playing it. While Paul Abdul did that song that she was accused of not singing, and Millie Vanilli had number two.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There were you guys. Yeah, you'd been together for years before you became, quote-unquote, an overnight success. And we hear all kinds of stories about what that instant fame does to people. What what did that do to you guys? Did it have an effect?
3: Um, I thought our clothes got tackier because we got (laughs) sort of dressed up. (laughs) Um, Well, it's it's stressful. It's very, you know, 18-month tours, and it's stressful. And we've had our ins and outs since then, but uh, ever since... uh, Let's see, what would it be? 90, uh ninety we've been steadily working, uh, doing shows, and we've done tr- some it, tracks for uh, the Best of Album and uh, Funplex and the live DVD.
1: Hmm. We are speaking with uh, singer, songwriter, and frontman of the B-52s, Fred Schneider, who recently celebrated his 61st birthday. Uh, Fred, where are you in the evolution of Fred Schneider? I mean, what's next for you? Are you happy with where you are, or do you see some more transitions coming up?
3: Well, hopefully um, I'll be doing... I have, a, I have a side project called The Superion, so I have, uh, we have uh, Hard Groove from Public Enemy and Ursula 1000, Uh, one of our favorite electronic artists, uh, producing some of our tracks. And uh, that started out sort of as a joke uh, just to do it, but it just turned into another side career. Uh, So I'll be doing more solo stuff, and uh, the band, like I said, is promoting our uh, new live album, which is the first one that finally came through since the last two times something got messed up with the tapes, uh, and live DVD.
2: And listen since you mentioned the Superions let's give people a taste of what Fred Schneider sounds like when he's out in a different group <laughs> this is this is awesome stuff folks get ready to rock Are the Superions who have released other fantastic songs like "Who Threw That Ham at Me" and my own favorite "Fruitcake"? And Fred, what I love about this is, look, a rocker is starting a brand new band in his 60s, and it's got—I mean, it's got party written all over it.
3: Well, yeah, we uh, we want to. We know it's a sort of same with the B52s. Sometimes we know it's a it's good if we all start laughing or um, when I record with Noah and Dan in. Uh, Orlando, we do it in uh, their, I, I'm in the hallway, and they're in the, um, the quote, office with the Pro Tools, and we sort of can't look at each other, because we'll start
2: laughing. Oh, and the hallway is like right next to the bathroom.
3: Well, I used to sing in the bathroom. The first <laughs> songs we did, I did in the bathroom, because it had good acoustic, good, um, like a little bit of reverb to it, so, or acoustics. And, and, and uh, they also, they had Mr. Bird in the other room, yeah. who, if it saw me, would Try to get out of its cage.
2: So, so Fred, with the, uh, projects like that, you're not thinking about leaving the bees, are you? No, 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 no. No, I'm uh, like I said, I've been doing this superions now for six years. Yeah, yeah. So when 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 most people get famous, you know, all they want to do is get away from people. But you're one of those guys. You truly seem to enjoy being around people, being around your fans. Ooh,
3: I'm not. Well, I'm not a people person. I have a lot of friends. That's one thing I like about touring is um, I have a lot of friends and hang out and do crazy things that most rock people don't do, like go to thrift stores and get a bagel and cream cheese and stuff like that and do goofy stuff. All right. Let me, go let me... carry Go to go to stealth karaoke where we just sing the worst songs possible, but nobody knows. <laughs> Luckily, nobody knows who I am because I have to be careful of cell phones. <laughs> I don't uh, want to be on YouTube singing It's My Party and You're Not Invited.
2: Nah, nah. <laughs> you know, and you've got you've got so many cool interests, too. Like, I know a lot of people in the Orlando area, they always say, hey, guess what? You know, guess who I ran into down at the vinyl record store over at Rock and Roll Heaven or something? I ran into Fred Schneider there and he, he was awesome. But you, you like checking those places out.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, well, I'm a vinyl junkie. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to get all the records home that I just got, but I also donate a lot. I've been donating to this archive that I'm uh, on the board of Um, Archive of Contemporary Music, and uh, they're trying to, it's like the Noah's Ark of Music, two of every uh, rock, pop, soul, folk, and jazz, et cetera, album.
1: (laughs) You know, Fred, uh, success, they say, is the best revenge. Uh, You seem very comfortable in your own skin. Does it feel good to to be who you are now, given that uh, not very many people thought you would be a success?
3: Um. I don't gloat over it. Um, I mean, I, our first Rolling Stone interview, which back then we were, we would still like turn around from the audience if Ricky broke a string or something because we didn't know what to do. And I was at a record store. And they wanted. To, they just wanted to sort of like a reality show, and you know, we were just a little. We had never done anything like that. Um, they said, "Where will they be in five years?" Um, that was nineteen seventy, nineteen eighty. I'm just happy doing what I do. I have a level of success I'm very comfortable with.
2: And you know what? We're pretty comfortable in hearing it, and we love having you around, Fred, and we really appreciate you taking the time to share your story and then talk a little bit about life. And we want to remind people they can keep up with you by checking the website for the B-52s, which is theb52s.com. They dropped the apostrophe a few years back. And check out the Superions on their Facebook page, because I'm telling you, these guys have a chance to be just as big as the bees. Thanks so much to the unique and distinctive Fred Schneider.
3: Fruitcake, heavy as lead.
2: Fruitcake,
3: if it hits you in the head. Fruitcake, it could kill you dad. It's fruitcake.
2: Coming up, why it's never too late fruitcake. to become a country star either. Meet the Hoochie Coochie Man next on Growing Boulder.
3: Artificial color, artificial flavor. Your family don't want it.
4: Support for Growing Boulder provided by...
2: Located in West Orange County, Orlando Health's Health Central Hospital is a full-service hospital with an accredited chest pain center and heart failure program, as well as top-rated neurospine and orthopedic programs. Learn more at OrlandoHealth.com. And by... The Legacy Life Project from Macbeth Studio. Preserving family history, stories, and memories for generations to come by creating personal video biographies of your loved ones. Everyone has a story worth preserving. LegacyLifeProject.com.
1: Mark and Bill here, and you know there's probably something we ought to warn you about if you're really ready to start growing bolder. It's not always easy. Sometimes, in fact, it takes years before anybody even notices, but it's important to remember that the most challenging part of any goal is the effort that it takes to achieve it. And that, Mark,
2: is what we heard from a very cool country dude named Mike Galloway playing and singing is his life, but he's in his 50s now, and the music business is not a very forgiving dream to have. He's he's at that place right now, Mark, where dreams of a big-time career crash head-on against the wall of reality, but against all odds, Mike Galloway is still in the game. In the small town of DeBerry, inside a little music store called Max... we get something kind of swampy. ...comes the sound of an artist... Oh, with Mac himself joining in, Michael Galloway wails away, blowing the blues into an old beat-up mic. Would you believe he's the Florida State harmonica champion for the second straight year? Well, you'd think some 20-something-year-old kid would walk into that harmonica contest and
5: walk away with everything. Yeah, well, there, there, there's been some great 21-year-old guys, and I've gone up against it. I'm 56, and I, I walked away with the trophy, so uh, I don't know. That's touching you anything. Not bad for our side. No, it's like, it's like old wine, you know, it's an aged wine, it gets better with age, so I think I'm a pretty seasoned player and I, you know, I love what I do and I think that shows too. So how do you describe his sound? Well,
2: Vintage Guitar Magazine called him the king of hippie biker country rock. That's a compliment. He says it's just the blues with a splash of southern rock on the side. He put out this slick-looking CD called Outlaws and Renegades, and apparently the music on it's even slicker because the critics love it. Talk about that record. It surprised you.
5: I uh, really did. We did it in 2008. on won uh, swampland.com and Grits magazine. Uh, Michael Buffalo Smith is the uh, writer for them, and he said it was the uh, independent 2008 record of the year. Your album. Our album, and it's an independent record that Timmy Kelleher and myself put together, and it was uh, produced and mixed and mastered by the guitar player for Foghat, Brian Bassett. Who used to play with me Wild with the midnight while Cherry, Cherry played that funky music. White boy, there we go.
0: the
5: seventh month.
2: Galloway knows a lot of major players. He was part of the famous Kingsnake
5: label. And you can hear his harmonica on over eighty different albums. Did you
6: wait and see?
5: Being with that blues label introduced me to a lot of great people like Delbert McClinton and um, you know Coco Taylor and B.B. King and, you know, noble Them Man Watts and Ernie Lancaster and Les Dudak and Johnny Winter and Edgar Winter and James Taylor and all the Taylor family.
0: Well, I'm the man. Lord, no. that a man?
2: But now the Hoochie Coochie Man has got the itch to step out of the shadows and into the spotlight. He wants a recording contract. So, in other words, here
5: you are again at 56 where you were in your 20s. Exactly shopping for that big deal shopping for a deal i'm not looking to be rich or anything but i just like to play music and be happy and then make money to, enough to get by on some people go to a nine to five job and hate it and then they retire and before you know it, they're kicked the bucket but me i'm just gonna i'm a fighter i'm gonna keep going and keep writing and keep playing and just enjoy life because i love life you know and music is a great you know really a great way to express yourself so I'm gonna keep expressing myself the best I can.
2: You think you've peaked yet?
5: No, I really don't. I haven't peaked yet. I think I'm just I'm getting ready to boss out here pretty soon. So I'm, I give it my best every time I go on stage. I guarantee you you'll get your money's worth. If not, I'll give you money back.
0: Well, if the river was whiskey, I was a dive-in dog.
5: It's no secret that music is a business for the young, right? Age has nothing to do with anything. It's how you feel in your heart, and it's how you feel about life in general. I think that's what keeps people alive. So I just try to be happy and move on and, you know, treat everybody the way I want to be treated. I'll be in great shape. There's no retirement in music. I mean, I'm going to do it. Look at Paul McCarty and people like Mick Jagger and people like that. I mean, you know... I'm 56 years old now, and I, I feel like I'm 25 in my heart, and I think I have a lot to give and offer the world in music, you know, and uh, I'm fortunate enough to be recording again and writing a lot of songs, and, and they're doing well, and the songs are doing good, and the CD's doing good right now, and, and I got some other shows coming up, and uh, right now I'm just, I'm happy I've ever been in my life. next
2: time you see him, he might even have a surprise.
5: I come down here and I bought a new guitar, and I bought actually two guitars, and I'm learning how to play guitar a little bit, so. Because you can't get chicks with a harmonica. No. Who said that? (laughs) (laughs) Who said that? That's right. The blues, baby. Uh, baby. The ball and chain about everybody's leg.
2: What an interesting guy. What a great attitude.
1: Still willing to hang in there and keep his hopes alive. And, you know, if not, Mark, the guy's still at least loving every minute of it. You know, Bill, that's what they say. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Another example of somebody following their dream, making whatever sacrifices are required to do it, but still building a very rewarding and exciting life along the way. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Mike Galilei.
2: Everybody
0: knows my name. Well, I'm the hoochie-coochie man. Lord knows that a man.
2: Coming up, the surprising result that comes from combining art, music, and a whole lot of broken glass. This is Growing Bolder.
4: Support for Growing Boulder provided by
2: The Center for Health and Well-Being. Coming soon in Winter Park. Wellness, fitness, and medicine together in one convenient location. Offering programs and services to promote healthy living and positive aging. More at yourhealthandwellbeing.org. Sign up for the Growing Boulder Insider Newsletter, delivered to your inbox every week. Be the first to see our latest interviews, stories and tips for making each day count. Sign up today at GrowingBolder.com.
1: The global anti-aging market is now approaching about $200 billion every year. Ageism has become a profitable business model. Countless companies are raising corporate profits by lowering our self-esteem. They're spending hundreds of millions of dollars to play upon our age-related fears and insecurities to cultivate dissatisfaction and self-hate. They need us to believe that wrinkles, gray hair, age spots, and crepey skin depreciate us like a beat-up old car that's an embarrassment to the entire neighborhood. They want me to believe that if only I would pay them to take hair from another part of my body and transplant it onto my head, I could be the lead singer in a rock band and women, jobs, and happiness would all be mine. Self-acceptance is their enemy and the ruination of their business. They will stop at nothing to make us dissatisfied with ourselves through sophisticated ageist advertising. There's nothing wrong with wanting to look our best, but we have to learn to be comfortable in our own skin even as it changes.
0: My guard stood hard when abstract do I'm
1: Mark Middleton along with Bill Schaefer, and this is Growing Bolder. And right now we're gonna reveal one of the most important secrets to life. Ooh. You ready? find things you're interested in and then let your passion and your curiosity go wild. The trick is finding a way to combine what you love with what you do for a living. And if you can do that, well, then you've got something. That is what our next guest did. And you know how we tell it's never too late? Well, she didn't do it until she was in her 70s.
2: Yeah, get this, Mark. She was a concert pianist, a theater director, a pioneer in the field of psychonumer immunology, which what? we'll tell you a little bit more about in a minute, and a featured member of the faculty at UCLA but it wasn't until recently she put them all together to create like she never has before she's now a master glass artist a creator of museum quality works who's just released a stunning tabletop book called the art of myths and music and she is Millicent Gappel hi Millicent how are you
6: well, good morning. I'm impressed with what I sound like. Oh, and,
2: and even to top that, in that, in a very short time since you've done all this, you, your impact on the world of art has been impressive. One of your series is called Goddesses of, of Glass and Light. Can you describe them from us? Are you some kind of like a Lewis Comfort Tiffany?
6: Well, I'd like to think that. Actually, what I do is I smash glass. Ah. Uh, And do you remember when you were a child and you held up a prism and you made a rainbow? And when you smash glass, that same thing happens. I really paint with glass is what I do. And I paint with shards of glass.
1: Do you wear gloves? (laughs) <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, I do <laughs> I would think you would have to So so you're working with a medium that you really can't control totally Because you can't control how it's going to break uh, That's got to be fun for you to try to create some sort of order out of the chaos
6: Well, that is fun And one of my paradigms is that I am not allowed to cut the glass to fit Hmm. Uh, I have done stained glass in the past, and I found it very confining. This is very free, and it's also a little dangerous. And for somebody who has been so cautious her whole life, especially as a pianist, always protecting my hands, uh, the element of danger is kind of fun for me.
2: Hmm. You know what's really interesting about your story, Millicent, is that all of these different interests that you've had throughout your life has sort of come together here, you know, and and what, what did we say that you were in your 70s? When did you start well, this? Well,
6: actually, I'm going to even admit online here. I'm going to be 80 uh, this Saturday on Bastille Day.
2: You know, and here uh, you are, you know, still exploring yourself and still developing who you are.
6: Well, it's very exciting, but, you know, once you start, it all happens. And, as a child, I was always a storyteller. Uh, so my book, I have really combined i tell I make the art, I tell the story in my own way, which is not like you would read in bullfinches, uh, because I'm really talking about this first series has been Greek gods and goddesses, and then I always hear music. Uh, When I see art, when I see color, I hear music. And when actually, when I hear music, I see color. Uh, uh, So that synesthesia has worked. And in the back of the book, I have a compact disc of my playing a piece of music for each god or goddess. So I've combined everything that I do, everything I love.
1: Have you always had this much passion, this much energy, this much desire to do so many different things? Or or as you get uh, approaching your 80th birthday, do you think, man, it's now or never?
6: Well, that's part of it. The other thing is, you know, I was a a wife and I was a mother and I was helping my husband and I was raising my children and I was taking care of aging parents. Um, Genetically, we live a long time. My mother died just recently at 110. Uh, so I have lots of time to do it, but no, I find as I'm older, it's sort of you know, if not now, this is not a dress rehearsal, you know. Uh-huh. If I don't do it now, when will I do it?
2: Now you're an LA girl, and you mentioned that your pieces focus on Greco-Roman myths. Has has where you are maybe helped? Uh, they uh, say that you've created a resurgence in the interest in mythology through your art, and not just in the art world, but in Hollywood too.
6: Well, I don't know if I've done it, but certainly I have been talking about this for a long time. And when I go out on book tours and when I invite people into my studio for tours, I talk about it. People are fascinated by the Greek gods, and you know they're alive. Uh, If you talk of Hera and Zeus, well, Hera is the humiliated wife because Zeus was out there philandering. Well, you know, we had our own gods here. We had Hillary Clinton and her wonderful husband Bill Uh, in California. We had the Schwarzeneggers. Uh, These people, the mythology is alive. You know, it's not just the old days.
1: You know, Millicent, you you obviously are still a a very young woman. I mean, uh, just listening to the passion in your voice. But what we love about you is that, you know, you're a role model that many people still don't realize exists. Someone approaching 80 who is, you know, glib, intelligent, uh, a musician, an artist, a writer, a speaker, uh, an author. uh, uh, Are there more people like you out there? Who do you hang out with?
6: Well, I just, I have interesting friends. I've always had friends from all over the world and from all walks of life. Um, I've never really been a joiner of groups, except I've sat on the boards of like the opera League and so on. Uh, And I'm going to start something new. I've decided for my birthday, I'm giving myself a birthday present, and I'm starting a blog, and it's going to be (laughs)
4: aphroditeblog.com.
6: Wow. Probably, of course, I thought, well, you know, we must keep up with new things. Um, and then somebody said, well, you're going to do tweet or Twitter. I don't even know what those are,
2: but <laughs> I
6: figure I will start and somebody will show me and I'll do
2: it. You know, in, in the last 30 seconds or so we have, maybe your success really isn't that much of a stretch when we consider you are a pioneer in the field of psychoneuroimmunology, and that's a big word. What What does that mean?
6: It was the mind-body connection. I researched what we take in through our senses, all of our senses, and how that affects us physiologically. And for many years, I had an interior design business, and I would travel around the country lecturing to architects and designers uh, on how do you design an environment that is wellness-enhancing, using all of our senses. And you see, all of that research was not lost because I have carried all of that into my artwork Uh, The colors I choose for each of the gods and the goddesses I use, the colors are appropriate. Um, The type of glass, I shatter the glass if it's a very active goddess, like Athena, uh, who was really with turmoil and war, well, her glass is shattered and it's very very rough um, and Hestia who is very quiet her stuff is very quiet quiet it's smooth glass and Millicent so all of this that I've done in my whole life I'm using now
2: and you're such a great example for people who are maybe 40 or 50 and thinking that well we're starting down that downhill path no life goes on there are new things to discover all around you and if you check out the art of myths and music you can see how wonderful her works of art are and thank you so much for the talent of Millicent Gappel up next, the grandson of Jacques Cousteau on what he's doing to honor his grandfather's legacy.
4: Support for Growing Boulder provided by.
2: The Massan Spine Institute, where world-renowned minimally invasive techniques lead to fast recovery. The Massan Spine Institute Excellence in Spinal Surgery. More information at masansi.com. And by? Winter Park's new Crosby Wellness Center at the Center for Health and Well-Being. More than just a gym, it features unique medically integrated programs, activities for all ages and skill levels, and free group exercise classes with memberships. More at Crosby
0: I'm
1: Mark Middleton along with Bill Schaefer, and you are listening to Growing Boulder. And, you know, we hear a whole lot about the importance of diet, and rightly so, the need to cut back on red meat and eat more vegetables and fish. But there is a big and growing problem with that, a problem so big that if we don't do something about it right now, it could have catastrophic consequences. The problem is we are running out of seafood, running out as in it's either being overcaught or it's dying off from pollution.
2: Yeah, it is a big deal, Mark, as you say. Environmentalists say there's not a lot of time to change things, but Who are we going to find that's going to be able to convince people how important this is? Who knows the ocean and also has credibility with people? Luckily, there is one person out there on a mission to help convince us to save our oceans before it is too late. He is the grandson of perhaps the best-known oceanographer of all time, the legendary Jacques Cousteau. Let's welcome Fabian Cousteau. How are you, Fabian?
7: Wow, with that intro, I am honored and uh, and humbled. Thank you. Uh, good morning, Mark and Bill. You know, How are it, you?
2: It's, it's why we hunted you down and wanted to get you on the program here, because we want to find out, you know, the, the program's called Growing Boulder. How difficult is it for you to be the guy who's got to jump up and down and wave his arms while we sit here eating our shrimp cocktails, and you're saying, hey, we're on the verge of a crisis here, fellas
7: well it certainly is uh... we are at a a crossroads of of, uh... of potential dire consequences but also a, a lot of great hope Uh, So uh, it is a great responsibility and also uh, an honor to be that person, to be uh, hopefully the air traffic control for the general public and and a voice for the oceans.
1: Boy, we love to hear that there is some hope. Uh, uh, And let's jump right in with with Rio Plus 20, because the U.N.'s Global Conference on Environmental Sustainability just wrapped up uh, a couple of days ago. What's the takeaway there? Uh, How big a problem are we facing?
7: well I, I had the honor of being down there for the last couple of weeks and just got back uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. Um, well, the good news is that Rio Plus twenty is the first time that anyone's even ever focused at all on the ocean, so there were some topics about the oceans included in the summit itself. Uh, the unfortunate news, of course, is uh, it's it's definitely too little, uh, but that we we already knew going into it, so you know we have to understand that uh, we can't keep looking up at the, uh, what I call the canopy of the tree for the fruits, when we don't realize that the roots of that tree are an integral part of what creates the fruit in the first place. And those roots are the local communities around the world, each and every one of us. Without those communities, uh, we the, the canopy won't bear fruit. So with that in mind, it's It's up to each and every one of us to get involved in the protection and restoration of our ocean world. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, it seems like such a a huge problem that that it's beyond you know you know Bill and Mark and Fabian to to individually do things. Is this a problem that's going to have to be solved at the federal and world government levels, or are there things that, as individuals, we need to be doing now?
7: I'm I'm a firm believer in people power. Uh, While those decision makers are are mulling these questions over of of what they can and will do, we as individuals need to partake and make sure that not only do the decision makers reflect our better interests and the the interest uh, of the well-being of our children, but we as individuals actually go and do something about this. And uh, with this in mind, you know, I wanted to try and address this age-old question of what can I do when we're talking about the oceans. Uh, Of course, Florida is uh, at the forefront of uh, the impacts on our ocean planet, uh, both uh, positive and negative. And uh, it it, it behooves us all to start giving back to that natural resource bank account that we depend on, of course, for the delicious seafood that it provides, but also uh, that what it provides as far as the uh, inheritance of our future generations.
1: You've really gotten behind, uh, you know, one, one of your signature programs is something called Eat a Fish, Plant a Fish, uh, and I'm guessing it's kind of a takeoff on, you know, use a tree, plant a tree. Tell us a little bit about how that works and how we can help.
7: Well, that's, uh, that's exactly the concept. Uh, I'm always um, uh, baffled by how we can separate uh, oceans and land as two different planets when, in actuality, water as a general rule, is quite literally the circulatory system of life on this planet, whether it be freshwater or saltwater. And the oceans provide us with uh, all uh, our, our uh, invaluable resources at the end of the day. So when we plant a tree, we know what that means. Why don't we plant fish? Or uh, with regard to our programs at Plant-A-Fish, we're quite literally planting mangroves uh, in Florida, which are the nurseries of the sea for that sea life that we uh love to depend on for food and also for tourism whether it be grouper or shellfish or uh, lobsters uh and of course sharks and rays and all all sorts of other things so uh those are are uh uh, quite a, a bit of importance as well as being uh storm barriers to those hurricanes that you occasionally
2: get down there you know, Fabian, you sound like a fascinating guy. Tell us a little bit about your story. I know the Cousteau name comes with tremendous advantages, but you probably had some pretty heavy burdens, too. Were you more or less stuck with the family business, or are the oceans as much a passion with you as they were with your grandfather, your father, your sister, and your cousins?
7: It, it was very much a choice. Uh, my my family was uh, very big on... Uh, us growing up as, um, as explorers of the world, so to speak, to go in and see what's out there and, and then make the life choices that we did. Uh, but it's also one of those things that being uh, a part of the family, we had an unbelievable privilege of uh, being wet at a young age. And uh, for myself, I've been diving since my fourth birthday. And it's impossible to turn your back on such a, a wondrous and mysterious world uh that we call our oceans it's uh it's a fascinating place that uh, that I've fallen in love with uh like my predecessors
1: can you speak with a french accent <laughs> fabian <laughs>
7: <laughs> but of course, however you like, but uh, because I was moving for 24 uh, times, uh, it is uh, a mermaid that stole my accent. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I think you just pleased our producer, Jill. Thanks, so. Hey, hey, finally, in, in the final minute, if we need a better example of how tied together this world is, we're, we're seeing all this... Garbage, if you will the, these diverse uh, marine ecosystems floating up on the shores of California from the tsunami in, in Japan, are you frightened by that
7: well it 's just another example of how we 're all connected, whether we're we're local uh, or or international. Um, what happens in the sea happens to us. And uh, there's no better example, of course, in, in recent history uh, as what happened last year with the, the tsunami and then, of course, the, uh, the resulting um, effects with regard to the nuclear power plants um, and, of course, what's washing up on the West Coast. But we don't have to go that far to see what's what's happening. Uh, right in, in our backyard, for example, down there in, in Florida, you see things washing up on shore all the time. Uh, and this is just an example of how we're connected and how we affect the oceans. We can no longer see the oceans as an endless resource in a garbage can because we're now seeing the repercussions. So next time, uh, you put something down the drain, you have to remember that whether we're on the seashore or a thousand miles away, it ends up in the ocean. And by virtue of that, it ends up in our plates, it ends up in our future generations. Uh, so you know maybe next time we go to a a seafood restaurant or to uh... a restaurant uh... carry with you a seafood guide so that we can make better choices and as individuals as the ultimate decision-makers we can start making a better and more positive impact on our ocean
2: world. There's a great message to leave it on. You're probably going to want to know more about this guy. You can find that out at plantafish.org. What an enlightening conversation with the grandson of Jacques Cousteau. Our thanks to Fabian Cousteau. Coming up, tips on how to make spending less more interesting. We'll all be suddenly frugal on Growing Boulder?
4: Support for Growing Boulder provided by
2: the UCF College of Medicine, where physicians, scientists, and teachers are discovering innovative solutions for today's medical challenges and bringing them to you. Learn more about the college's physician practice at ucfhealth.com subscribe to growing boulder magazine now with more information articles and photos than ever before this quarterly publication is unlike any other filled with the kind of inspiration you need to live your life to the fullest more information at growing slash subscribe
1: Dogs? Did he say mongrel dogs? Mongrel dogs to teach, (laughs) of course. I'm Mark Middleton along with Bill Schaefer, and this is Growing Boulder. We've got some money tips for you now things that can change your life because you know it isn't so much about cutting back as it is about getting more creative, becoming smarter really getting more value than you ever have before. Our next guest says not only is it pretty easy to do, she thinks it can be a whole lot of fun as well.
2: And she knows what she's talking about. She's a go-to favorite on all the morning newscasts. You'll find her in magazines and newspapers. She's got a great blog, com. Why? Because she's smart, funny, real, and because she says her tips can save a family like yours $25,000 a year. So let's see what she's got for us. Welcome, the author of 14 books, including the Suddenly Frugal series. Let's say hi to Leah Ingram. Hey, Leah, how are you? Hi,
4: and you forgot gorgeous. You got all these other adjectives. You forgot gorgeous. I'm gorgeous, too.
2: All right, well, let me read the first question. Leah, how can you function while you are so gorgeous? See, it was there. We were just getting <laughs> it, to it.
4: It was It's so hard. But you know what? I still like to save my money, even though I'm so beautiful. And no,
2: anybody. Let's, and, talk,
4: let's talk money-saving.
2: Anybody who can save us $25,000 is beautiful to us. Where did the idea come from, and, and how are you different than all the other people out there saying, well, you know, don't spend money on extended warranties?
4: Well, first I just want to say that um, what I actually prepared for today were, five tips to help everybody put $500 back in their monthly budget. So I just, you know, I want to definitely get to those tips. But as far as how we got to where we are, um, we got into um, a real estate situation five years ago. We had to sell our old house, buy a new house, and really needed to start living within our means much better than we had ever done, which is why we were suddenly frugal. And how I am different from sort of the cheapskate bloggers is I'm all about value. So I might suggest that somebody buy a piece of furniture or an article of clothing that on its face is expensive and might you know, seem like, well, that doesn't fit with the frugal mindset. But if it lasts forever, you paid for it once. So I think that is how I am a little different.
1: All right, Leah, first of all, I just very quickly Googled you, and, and let me say, you are gorgeous. Oh, uh, I'm looking out. at you in a red sweater with uh, a, a nice necklace. <laughs> now, uh, you mentioned about bringing value. There's nothing we like more than that, and we love the fact that you jumped right in and said, I'm ready to bring value. I want to say, share five tips to put $500 in our monthly uh, account. So let's hear some of those tips.
4: Okay, well, the first one, and and let me just back up and say, you know, this isn't brain surgery. I'm not curing cancer here, but this is very basic advice that most people know and simply don't follow. So the first three all have to do with food. It's brewing your coffee at home. The average American is buying three cups of coffee out a day at about two bucks a cup. If you brew coffee at home, you're spending between $0.06 and $0.13 a cup. And just making the change to brewing your coffee at home, that's $200 back in your pocket.
1: Well, see, now, there there you go, because we brew K-cups at home with our, uh, you know, single-serving coffee. Big mistake.
4: Right, and those are about $0.28. So that's double the cost of a traditional coffee brewer, but you're still... Saving over going out to a chain and buying coffee where it's two, three, four dollars just to get out the door. So that's great that you're already doing that. And you know they have refillable K cups. Um, they have like little filters that you can use so you can get that single serving that you want through your Keurig or your Tassimo or whatever it is that you have, and you fill it with regular coffee. So that's a way to have the sort of newfangled coffee. Uh, an old-fashioned way with savings.
2: Tip number two.
4: If you were paying for bottled water like you pay for gas in your car, bottled water costs $10 a gallon. And I'm talking, you're thirsty, you run into the convenience store, you pick up a bottle of water for $1.99, $1.59. That adds up. If you Must drink bottled water, buy it by the case where you get 24 to 36 bottles for about $3 or even better, invest in a reusable water bottle, fill it at home for free, that's about $100 back in your pocket.
1: Moving on to tip number three.
4: Okay, and this is the last one in the food realm. Bring your lunch. Bring your lunch to work. Yes, your grocery bill goes up when you have to food shop because you're packing your lunch, but... You cannot get, I mean, I can't get a healthy lunch out for under 10 bucks. So if you start packing your lunch, that's $150 back in your pocket.
2: Moving on from food, are there two other ways that we can help save money?
4: There are. Um, and I will say, number four, the biggest thing when we started living frugally in 2007 is we looked at where all of our money was going. When we looked at at our phone bill and how much we were spending a month to pay for a phone through the traditional phone company it was heart-stopping i mean we were paying close to eight hundred dollars a year for a phone through the phone company so we switched it up we we kept our high-speed internet because we were not going to be going offline you can do so much the computer i mean i need it for my work but you get a product like UMA Telo. it's a modem that works with your high-speed internet to let you make calls. You get the caller ID, call waiting, voicemail. Uh, last month, Consumer Reports rated it the best home phone service. By doing this, I saved my family $60 a month, 60 times 12, a year right there.
1: Wow. She is Leah Ingram, uh, author of the Suddenly Frugal series. And folks, we're making her work. She's given us four great tips. She's got one more. We are anxious for tip number five, Leah.
4: Okay. So tip number five has to do with your home office. Or even if you don't have a home office, the computer you have at home and the printer you have at home. If your house is like mine, we blow through print cartridges like crazy. If you bring your print cartridges to like a Staples, an Office Max, an Office Depot for them to recycle. They will often reward you with a $2, like a $2 coupon, or if you're a member of their rewards program, so you're earning $2. You can earn up to $20 a month just for taking back your print cartridges and recycling them. So that's a way to put $20 back in your pocket, you were going to throw out the print cartridge anyway, why not get the money for it?
2: Now, see, there you go. There's five tips off the top of her head, and and we're talking about somebody who has written book after book after book in the Suddenly Frugal line. Folks, you can do this. You can change your life. You can right-size the ship here and really have some savings to spend on the things that you want to spend. If you check out suddenlyfrugal.com and you check out all of the books with some sound advice and just all these shots of inspiration from Leah Ingram, who's making it real for all of us and it 's incredible how fast an hour can fly by when you 're talking about ways to put the spark back in your life Now this is a program where we prove that hope and inspiration those are qualities they just don 't ever fade. Because opportunities do surround us. No matter what your circumstances are, there are changes you can make that'll lead you to a more rich and vibrant and fulfilling
1: life. Amen, Brother Bill. And the fun is not going to stop here. In the coming weeks, you'll hear from more people who are not just talking the talk. They're living their lives in ways that defy conventional wisdom. You know, sometimes in life, we all need a little boost to help us take that first step down the road that we've always wanted to take, that we've always been meant to take. So don't wait any longer start growing boulder and we'll see you right back here real soon
4: growing boulder is a production of boulder broadcasting all rights reserved this program was recorded live at the studios of wmfe orlando it is written and produced by jill middleton jackie carlin mark middleton and bill Schaefer. executive producer is katie widrick technical director is jason morrow chief audio engineer is mac Dula. and our most important team member is you Remember, when it comes to growing bolder, it's not about age, it's about attitude.
0: Stay. stand. Seized me into thinking I had something to protect. Good and bad, I defined these terms quite clear, no doubt, somehow. Oh, I was so much older.